Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Rants, Raves, Questions, and Quotes. This is your host, Mr. Rants, and uh, as the calendar goes by, we are starting Season 6. For those of you that know how I count, which is poorly at times, this is actually our sixth month of doing these podcasts, so... We've explored a lot of ground, and we're going to continue to explore a lot of ground, Ex- continue to have uh, even more uh, interviews. Uh, I'm lining them up as we speak, and uh, we're going to be having a lot more fun. So I look forward to uh, the journey ahead, but I have to go through the preliminary precautions as always. I am not, not, capital letters, N-O-T, not a licensed theologian. I am not a licensed therapist. I am not a licensed doctor, clinician, any of that thing. I'm not a professional or anything with regards to that. So, if you get triggered, upset, oh well, you'll live. But, if you're willing to debate, talk, and express your feelings, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, I can be reached as always at mrrants50 at gmail.com or via my blog at myrrqq.wordpress.com. We've had a lot of positive feedback from uh, the Terry interviews, and hopefully there's more to come with Terry and uh, maybe even some more surprises. So, uh, again, thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking with me. Uh, We have grown exponentially uh, since we've switched over to the Podbean format. So, you know, yeah, we've got listeners all over the world now, uh, hundreds of downloads. I mean, I was blown away uh, with the amount of, of listenership and downloads in, in this last month. So anyway, thank you for joining us and uh, stay tuned. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. No, 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 it wasn't Superman. Not at least it was flying across the skies of the continental U.S. last week before they shot it down. I wonder what it could have been. Well, it might have been something else. 99 red balloons floating in the summer sky. Well, it wasn't quite 99, but it was one big one. I find it incredible. I, I almost didn't do a podcast episode on this because I could not. Uh, I just I just can't believe it. 22 years ago, the September 11th, we had, we will have had Three planes crash into our buildings in the United States of America. Two into both of the World Trade Center towers, one into the Pentagon, and one crashed by 
the uh, by the passengers that overtook the host, uh, the the terrorists in the cockpit and crashed it into the ground. We lost over three thousand lives that day. Have we learned nothing? We are going to let anything, anything, a balloon, a paper airplane, uh, a spaceship, uh, E.T., I don't care. Nothing should be crossing into our sovereign airspace. We have the biggest, best military in the U in the whole well I was gonna say in the United States of America, but duh. But we had the biggest best military in the whole fucking world. And we're gonna let some little so called weather balloon fly by. Now I don't know for a hundred percent with a hundred percent certainty that it was or was not a weather balloon. I don't know if it was or wasn't some terrorist uh you know, radar seeking uh data collecting thing from China I don't know we do know that it came from China we do know that it was a balloon we probably won't know a whole lot more than that because they shot it down finally after it had been oh I don't know over top flying over top of our nuclear missile silos a lot of our strategic air command bases, you know, shit like that. Shit did, did, you know, most Americans don't know where they're fucking located, but now the Chinese do, uh, you know. But do you think we'll see the wreckage? Do you think we will be told with utter transparency what was actually in that balloon? Uh, no. But yet apparently, you know, because they can't admit they fucked up. There was three of them that happened during the Trump administration, they say. Which, thankfully, uh, everybody has everybody has vehemently denied that that is possible and was the case. And, of course, anybody that knows anything knows goddamn good and well Trump would have shut that bitch down as soon as it crossed into our airspace, had he been aware. So, if it happened, which I find very doubtful, he either wasn't aware... Or it didn't happen. That's just my take on it. But, you know, be that as it may, there should have been nothing that crossed over in our airspace. And they knew about it. Their whole rationale for not shooting it down initially was because it was, uh, you know, they didn't want it to come down over a populated area. Well, I'm sorry, it came over from the West Coast. Uh, there's a lot of desert out in California, there's a lot of open areas in Wyoming, Montana, uh, you know, a lot of uh, wide open countryside areas in those states. So the possibility that had they shot it down over one of those states before it made it its delightful cruise all the way to North Carolina and South Carolina, uh, you know, it's bullshit. They, they could have shot it down days before so we don't know what the hell was in the thing we don't know what the hell it was doing we won't find out because our government will keep it from us like they do so many other things uh, you know kind of funny how we only find out what we find out because of leaks but yet uh, it only depends on when the leaks go their way as to if it actually gets out there uh I mean, you know, 
like I said before, when Trump's uh, Mar-a-Lago estate got raided, oh, look, here's classified documents. They spread them out all over the ground for everybody to see. Look at what we found. Look at what we found. Oh, it was leaked to the press. Oh, there was uh, nuclear launch codes. There was this. There was that. There was the other. Haven't heard a peep about the stuff that was found in Biden's or Pence's place. Uh, although, if you've listened to my other podcast, you know how I stand on that and how I feel. That leads back to all the funny business going on in the Ukraine right now. But be that as it may, whether this was a weather balloon, whether this was a ploy to see what they could get away with, uh, whether it was loaded up with dum uh, dum lollipops, I don't care. It never should have been allowed to enter U.S. airspace. It should have been shot down as soon as it crossed our borders. And our feeble president showed exactly what he's made of by not taking any action at all. I don't care. Uh, he's, he claims in a soundbite that he ordered them to shoot it down on a Wednesday. They didn't do it until Friday. Well, uh, heads would have rolled. Because if I'm the leader of the free world and I say do something and it's legally within my power to do it and you don't do it as one of my underlings, bye-bye, you're gone. I mean, it's just ridiculous. 22 years after our terrorist attack on the Pentagon, on the Twin Towers, in that field in Pennsylvania... We're going to let a fucking foreign country fly whatever the fuck they want to over our country, possibly take detailed satellite images of whatever the hell they wanted to take pictures of. Again, our nuclear missile silos are out there. Our military bases are out there. You can't hide everything. You can't hide it. It's there. But, oh, no, we'll just let this little friendly balloon fly over us and do whatever they want to because, you know, they're good people. They're up and coming. They wouldn't do anything to us. You know, that's just crazy. No way that would happen. I mean, you know. I mean, after all, at least in my opinion, they did unleash the fucking COVID vaccine onto the world. But, yeah, no, they're nice people over there. Their government's not going to do anything like that. They're not, their government's not going to look for a way to take advantage of us and learn about our strategic air defenses and our missiles and our military. No, that wouldn't happen. You know, everything's just sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Up, up Up, up and away in their little magical balloon. Because they're friendly after all. They wouldn't want to do us any harm. Nah. I'm trying to keep it light because we knew, the military knew as soon as that crossed our borders, as soon as that entered our airspace, we were aware of it. We should have shot it down from day one, second one, minute one. Shouldn't have been none of this. Oh, it flew off course. Oh, no. Okay, it flew off course. Bye-bye. Boom. Gone. 
You saw how fast when they decided to take action, we got it all out of the air and on the ground. We could have done that days ago. And instead of getting all the data it may or may not have collected as it traveled across the country. Nope. We just let it wander. So, but 80 million, 80 million voters can't be wrong, can they? I mean, you know, what the hell? So, that is, uh, you know, just to me incredible. But uh, that's just story number one. You know, I mean, uh, we have much more to discuss today. Much more to discuss. So, I'm going to uh, see if I can bring it up here. Let's take a listen to, uh, to this little thing from Dinesh D'Souza's podcast. You demand, and a right to demand, a refund. Sometimes when you don't get what you paid for, you demand, and a right to demand, a refund. Now, the logic of the refund is that you have done the work, you have provided the service, you have, or you have paid your money, and yet what you paid your money for didn't come to you, and so you want your money back. Or, as in the case of reparations, which is itself based on the same logic of the refund, but except in the case of reparations, you have the argument that is made by activists, sometimes black activists, that our ancestors paid in the form of work for which they were not paid. And therefore, we, the descendants, deserve to be to receive that payment belatedly, admittedly, but uh, this is why we are owed reparations. Pay me uh, or pay my descendants for the work I did for which I was never compensated. Now, I thought of all this because uh, of an article in Red State. It's called University Removes Slave-Owning Benefactor's Name his family demands the $51 million back. So here's the story. We're talking about a college um, that uh, named its law school after a guy named T.C. Williams. Uh, so the college is the university, uh, it's, it's called Richmond College, and the law school was called the T.C. Williams School of Law. But then, recently, uh, in the uh, in the wake of the whole George Floyd business and the whole attempt to um, to challenge our country's racist history, people went back. Activists went back, and they found out that this guy T. C. Williams, well, he attended uh, Richmond College, and uh, in the 1840s, as it turned out, in the 1880s, he became a trustee. Uh, he developed a very successful uh, business, um, many different types of products, including, as it turns out, tobacco. Uh, and the activists who were doing their research seems to have found out that at one point his tobacco business owned 25 to 40 slaves. Suddenly he became persona non grata. Suddenly there was a big move to remove him and anybody else associated with slavery. Let's remember that this is a school in Richmond, Virginia. Virginia was the capital of the Confederacy. It's not going to be surprising if you go back to the 19th century, particularly the first half, that you're going to find people who are in some way connected with slavery. Not all, of course, but many. And so Richmond College decided, you know what, let's kick this guy's name off the law school. And so they changed it to University of Richmond School of Law. 
Now, apparently, T.C. Williams's family got word of this. No surprise, their their ancestor was on the law, the name of the law school, and suddenly they realized he's been booted off. And so they decided, um, and this is very interesting. T.C.'s great great grandson uh, writes a letter uh, to the school, and he basically says, uh, "You know what?" Uh, Give us our money back. The school apparently has a new policy. I'm not quoting the policy. No building, program, professorship, or other entity at the university should be named for a person who directly engaged in the trafficking and or enslavement of others or openly advocated for the enslavement of people. And so T.C. Williams wasn't the only guy whose name was kicked off, but it's significant because his name was on on the whole law school itself. And his great-grandson steps in and says... And I think this logic is a little hard to refute. If suddenly his name is not good enough for the university, isn't the proper ethical and indeed virtuous action to return the benefactor's money with interest? Is it not a form of fraud to induce money from a benefactor and then discredit the benefactor after he is long dead? Surely the Williams family would not have given a penny to the university knowing that the university would later dishonor the family. And so... So far, dead silence from the university. They haven't said if they're going to give the money back. This guy wrote, the, the president of the university, who's a fellow named, um, uh, named Kevin, and he says to, uh, to Kevin, um, he says, listen, I don't even see proof that my ancestor was in fact a slave owner. Somebody says he was, but show me the evidence that this was even in fact the case. Once again, the university is not responding to the great-great-great-grandson of the person who donated the money. Um, uh, The grandson goes on to say, TC hired thousands of workers. Many were blacks and women. Productive work and industry is what lifts people out of poverty. The Williams family gave away all of their immense wealth, much of it anonymously. Many Richmond institutions are the result of their goodwill and generosity. So you see what's going on here, the the effort to sort of destroy a, a person and a family's reputation on the basis of the alleged slave connection. And I think what this family should do is sue this university. They should sue them on the basis of what? Breach of contract. Well, you may say, where's the contract? Didn't he donate the money? Well, yeah, but when you donate money, it's under a mutual understanding. Hey, if you give us the money, we're going to name this building or this chaired professorship or the law school after you. And so both parties have to perform their side of the contract. Well, obviously, T.C. Williams did. He gave the money. Yes, the university performed its side of the contract for a while and then decided to breach the contract to kick the guy's name off the building. And so it seems to me that the family has every right to say, it's your school, you can change the name of the law school, but we're the ones who funded it, and if you don't want our name on the university and you want somebody else's name on it, in that case, please return the cash that we gave you with interest, a tidy sum of $51 million. Kind of funny how they don't like it when it works against them. It's okay to do cancel culture, but don't cancel it when they got their hand out. As long as the check keeps coming. And again, if they they have the right as a school to cancel, change the name, whatever the hell they want to do. But uh, I would like to see the proof, too. If I was a family member of this great-great-grandson of this person, I'd want to see the proof. Yeah, 
show me the evidence. Show me where my great-great-grandfather had slaves. And I'm not saying he did or he didn't. If he did, okay, fine. If he didn't, that's fine too. But again, before you start going through all the legal proceedings, changing the names, rebranding, doing this, doing that, all that other stuff, you better have the proof to back it up, not just somebody say so. So, if you cannot conclusively dig that evidence up, then yeah, I agree. You breached the contract, fork up the money. God knows these schools, these colleges can afford it. They're getting tens of millions of dollars every year for the faculty, for the staff, from alumna, from uh, the, the parents, from the, the, the education, from students themselves paying for their education. So, yeah, time to put up or shut up. Either prove to me that he was or give me my money back. Or in any way, like Dinesh said, you broke the contract. Give me the money. So that's story number two. What do you think? I personally think that, you know, regardless of whether the man had slaves or not, he gave the school all that money compounded with interest. That's a nice chunk of change to get for his great-great-grandchildren to get back through no fault of their own. So... You know, if you're going to draw the line in the sand, you have to be willing to take the repercussions of your actions on the backside if it doesn't work out. It's good to have morals. It's good to have ethics. It's good to to be, you know, against something and pro something. But you can't just blanket case every single one that comes in the door and say, this is the way it is. Every single instance has to be judged and verified and checked and rechecked accordingly. Because if, if this man did not have slaves and you took his name off the building and you took his money all because somebody said he had slaves at one time, many, many years ago, then you're just, you know, being disrespectful to his family name, to the family uh, legacy and uh, ruining the family's reputation. So, yeah, before the school should have done anything, they should have verified all that legally and everything else just to make sure that their asses were covered. And they may have done so. I don't know. Uh, The school has thus far not uh, responded. So the school may have done their due diligence. We don't know yet. So we'll leave it open-ended out there for for this one. And got one final little story here, but... uh, I gotta cue it up, so give me just a second. Okay, we're back. This comes from an MSNBC anchor, Yasmin Basajian. I'm not sure I'm pronouncing her last name uh, correctly, but uh, anyway, just take a listen. All right, let's go to the video. All right. Welcome back, everybody. I know from my Twitter feed uh, that many of you have wondered why I have been off the air for a little while. Well, I have been dealing with a little bit of a health scare. On December 20th, I began to feel chest pains and they waxed and waned over a period of 10 days. I wasn't quite sure uh, what to make of it, but as they continued to get worse, I started to think something was actually wrong. Still looking Um, good, though. It was December 30th when I finally went to an urgent care and was told I had reflux. 
I didn't really buy it, but I was relieved it wasn't my heart. Uh, my body, though, was pretty certain uh, not to believe uh, the reflux. The next day, on December 30th, I woke up with severe pains both in my chest and in my left shoulder, and it was like a tightening in my chest when I took deep breaths. That got worse when I was lying flat. I knew enough at that moment to understand that it could mean could is the key word here, that I was having a heart attack, especially because it was happening in the left part of my shoulder. I want to remind you, I run seven miles three to four times to a week. Point. What's wrong I with did. you? Um, I do yoga. I don't eat meat. I don't smoke. Mm. I drink occasionally. Not right now, though, because my doctor though. tells me I can't. Aside from probably not getting enough sleep and working too much, I'm a pretty healthy person. But on that Look day, healthy. I was anything but. My husband drove me to the emergency room, and from there, the nightmare that has been my January began. I was diagnosed with pericarditis, inflammation of the lining what? of my heart, brought on by a virus, a literal common cold. A common I also cold? had fluid around my heart that had to be drained or else it could hinder the beating of my heart. I was hospitalized for four nights and transferred from a local hospital to NYU Langone here in New York City. On January 4th, I was finally discharged after doctors drained the fluid around my heart, and I bounced out of the hospital. I couldn't get out of there fast enough with the hopes I was on the mend. Yeah. But that was not the end. Three days later, I was readmitted when I felt a flutter in my heart, a like a butterfly. It was inside my chest. and determined I had developed myocarditis, inflammation of the actual heart now, the heart muscle. I remember being shepherded through the emergency room and wondering, is this it? It wasn't, thank God. I Instead, I spent five more days in the hospital where they ran a battery of tests, adjusted my meds, and made sure nothing else was fueling what was happening. And in fact, in the end, it was still just the cold that was doing all of this, that had caused all of this inflammation in and around my heart. A cold? A damn common cold? Now they call that's it like, like, that's like, man, I, I don't sound credible, man. I mean, that's like, that's like me telling you, hey, man, I caught the cold, man. Guess what else I caught at the same time? Because the cold, I caught herpes. Then I went back, the cold got even worse, and then I caught AIDS. <laughs> okay, well, I won't go as extreme as the Hodge twins there did. I do agree, this sounds rather like a big loaded pile of horse shit to me. Now, I'm not saying she didn't experience these things. I'm not saying she didn't have the illnesses she described. I'm saying I call bullshit on the fact that it was the common cold that caused them. I can almost guarantee you, and I can pretty much, and I'm, like I say many times on this podcast, I'm not a doctor, but how many cases in recent history, like the last six months, have we heard of people getting, having, Dying of myocarditis from the vaccine because the vaccine in normal to normally healthy people. This lady says she didn't smoke. She doesn't hardly drink. She does yoga. She exercises. She does have a stressful job, but a cold caused all this. Au contraire. I, I call bullshit. I just call bullshit. More than likely, what happened is, is a good little Fox, or uh, sorry, MSNBC uh, anchor, she went out and got the jibbity jab, the Pokemon, whatever the hell you want to call it these days. And as healthy as she was, she probably, in my estimation, didn't meet any of the comorbidity uh, reasons to get 
the jibbity jab anyway. So she got it to go along with the narrative that everybody in the news media was passing along. That, oh, we don't want to kill grandparents and parents and everybody else, so you got to get it. Everybody's got to get it. Got to do it. Got to do it. Follow the leader. Everybody's got to have one. So she got it. I'd be almost willing to bet with 100% certainty she got the vaccine. And the cold didn't cause it. May have escalated it. May have triggered it. But I guarantee you. And again, I'm not a doctor. I don't have access to her test results and her lab work and all that shit. I haven't seen her medical records in any way, shape, or form other than what she said and other than what I've known and what I hear in news, other news reports and what I've learned from listening to qualified individuals, doctors, and uh, virologists about the vaccine. That Yeah, I'd be willing to bet she got jabbed. She got jabbed, she got a cold, the cold fucked it up, and lo and behold, boom, boom, boom. Here comes the reflux, which I doubt she had in the first place. That was probably a misdiagnosis, uh, misdiagnosis. and then, boom, here we come with the, with the pericarditis, per, whatever the fuck it is, I can't even talk. See, you know I'm not a doctor because I can't pronounce the damn uh, terminology they use. And then she ended up with the myocarditis. But either way, I'm glad she's okay. I don't wish evil upon anybody, but I'd be willing to bet that if she was honest, she'd admit she got the jab, and uh, it wasn't the cold that gave her this stuff. It was a combination of that and the vaccine. That's just my opinion. Anyway, give me yours. Hit me up. Let me know. MrRants50 at gmail.com. Or my blog, myrrqq.wordpress.com. So, take a listen to all three stories today. Formulate your own opinion. Should we have let the, na- the little uh, balloon fly all over, all over the United States, gathering whatever intelligence and data it wanted to uh, to gather? Should uh, the University of Richmond uh, be sued and forced to give back all this money for uh, their breach of contract on the uh, name on the building? Uh, Should they be forced to show that uh, this person was or was not indeed a slave owner? And uh, did this uh, MSNBC anchor get uh, myocarditis from a common cold, or was it a combination of that and uh, the ever-popular jibbity jab? So... Let me know what you think. MrRants50 at gmail.com or my blog, myrrqq.wordpress.com. Talk to you soon.